0: The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenberger, and Skeeda presents the 23rd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now the Bandito's fresh-made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Hauk. Hours and hours of analysis, podcasts, radio, TV, Facebook, Twitter, and a zillion written words. And sometimes nobody sees it coming, but it's just what you need. Against New Mexico last week, a couple of improbable weapons emerged. And as Irish eyes turned south to the University of Georgia, those weapons may be just what Notre Dame needs. Need. Need. First, Avery Davis took a nifty shovel pass, and bent around in, turned on the Jets and streaked 59 yards to the end zone to turn the momentum against New Mexico. Five days before that explosion, the former quarterback turned wide receiver, turned running back, turned defender was doing his best to just find some playing time at cornerback. Avery Davis, welcome back to the offense. And even bigger than that, 6'2", 220 wide receiver Javon McKinley who has all but given up on, after three seasons of lackluster performances, injuries, and a disciplinary issue, emerged not once, but twice last Saturday, first with a 65 yard running catch to the end zone that included a nifty spin move, and then later, on full display, he muscled up in the end zone to gather in a 20-yarder from Ian Book. And the Irish look to have found the elusive third-pass-catching compliment to Chase Claypool and Chris Fink. Siobhan McKinley, welcome to a key role in the 2019 offense. And consider other players emerging whose contributions in 2019 were far from a sure thing. Freshman Kyle Hamilton with the nifty pick six, Asmar Bilal, Drew White, and Bo Bauer emerging at linebacker, Sean Crawford playing as well as ever despite having dealt with three serious season-ending injuries in four years, speedster Braden Lindsey finding separation on a Phil Jerkovic bomb, and Phil Jerkovic, who along with Brendan Clark, show that there is reason to have some confidence in what is behind Ian Book. Notre Dame enters an epic matchup this weekend against the number three Georgia Bulldogs. And while all the analysis, podcasts, radio, TV shows, and social media in the world can't really predict what will happen, there are plenty of hopeful signs around South Bend that new and needed weapons are emerging for the Irish. And Brian Kelly has to be thinking that they are just... with three Fort Wayne locations, Dale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. This is Fighting Irish Preview.
1: The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish!
2: This is Art Salzburg. I don't endorse everybody, but I found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's gonna take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call in sports terms, covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at four four one. 8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light presents a word from Kirk Street. It's Saturday morning,
0: and that means it's time for college football. It means your fridge is filled with Coors Light. It means last night's pizza is this morning's breakfast. And washing it down with your first Coors Light of the day is worthy of an ah. It's Saturday
2: morning, and it means showers are optional. Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
0: Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, well, really for the first two games of the season, it's if you think about it, it's all been leading up to this week. And would the Irish use these two games to get ready for Georgia? Well, it's here. In a review of New Mexico, I'm, I'm really going to be looking at this in light of what did the Irish do uh, to show that maybe they're ready for Georgia. So let's go. The Irish go to 2-0, and but despite that final score, it wasn't pretty. First of all, I know you're a pro, Tim, but when it was 7-0 to at the end of the first quarter and the only points that the Irish had scored were by the defense, were you like me? Were you feeling a little frustrated?
3: Well, I didn't expect 31 points in the second quarter, which is what, what Notre Dame ended up doing. Uh... Um, scoring, um, or was it 35? Well, anyway, it was a whole bunch. And no, I didn't expect the explosion that they had. But the thing that they did well, and the thing that I thought Chip Long did well, was that you know he was concerned after the 2017 season in 2018, they, um, they didn't have a lot of explosive plays. And so he was concerned about being more explosive. And I thought that he got some of those young guys involved. He got Avery Davis involved. Javon McKinley's not a young guy. Uh, but he got him rolling as well. And now he's an integral part of what they're looking at moving forward, a wide receiver. And then Braden Lindsey, who may end up being the guy that kind of gets squeezed a little bit, uh, because of, because of what McKinley did and then a return of Michael Young coming up here soon. But Lindsey really showed very well. Two catches, uh, one a deep one, one a, uh, uh, for a touchdown from 22 yards. So they did a really good job. Chip Long. Did a good job of trying to find some explosive plays in there and trying to accentuate some of the playmakers that they have on this roster.
0: Yeah, they did, but I have to admit I was just a little frustrated after that first quarter. But you know, the Kyle Hamilton pick six—we we knew that was just a matter of time, really, before that happened. So that was a great play in the first quarter that made you feel good. But I—I I, I turned to my colleague. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, Tim, and I said I never thought I'd say it, but I thought that the uh, punter was the most valuable player for Notre Dame in the first quarter, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Now, Kyle Hamilton does get the pick six, and you mentioned Avery Davis. One of those explosive plays, a 59-yard shovel pass around the edge. Tim, I know it's only one play, but is there reason to believe that Davis is now going to play a bigger role in this offense?
3: I would I would say that it would it would be an extended role, but I wouldn't look necessarily to see him in a conventional, you know, running back uh, role for them. I think you can do some things with, you know, that I mean, in essence, what he had the other day was a jet sweep. They turned it into a little shovel pass in case he drops it; it's incomplete. But I would think things like you know maybe a wheel route uh, up the sideline for him. I don't think he's going to be the conventional running back for them. They've got other guys to do that with a lot more running back experience. But he's you know, I mean, he's a potential weapon. I thought he did a great job of you know, they motioned him and he and he, he, he came off the motion so hard that by the time he received the shuffle pass and turned the corner there was there was really nothing but daylight as long as he went, you know, diagonally across the field. So he hit it hard, he did it he did it the right way uh they will certainly keep him in mind as a big play guy but i wouldn't expect you know anything like six or seven touches coming up
0: well i think it gives something uh to for georgia to think about too and i was really impressed by how fast we knew that davis was fast but you got to now figure the speed that he hit on that play indicates that he's he's one of the fastest on the team
3: they said he was they clocked him at 23 miles an hour which is That's really fast for a football player. They had had Jafar Armstrong at 21 uh, last year. I'm not sure what Dexter Williams had. I'm sure he's in that range. But 23 miles an hour in a football uniform is pretty darn good.
0: Tim, I ran three miles on a treadmill at noon today, and I was averaging about six miles an hour. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, 23 miles, that's spectacular. But let's move on to Javon McKinley and if Avery Davis doesn't have a big role moving forward, Javon McKinley just might. He really emerged, I thought, Tim, as a weapon. Describe him as a player. Who might he compare to? And what does his role look like moving forward?
3: Who uh, A comparison. I mean, he's a bigger guy. He's not, he's not going to flash the speed per se like, uh, like a Boykin or a Claypool. Uh, a, a, a comparison doesn't come to mind right now, but he is a really key guy for them. Not only because of what that the 65 yard touchdown. I don't care who you're playing against. That was incredibly impressive. His ability to break tackles, weave through traffic. He never really was threatened to be brought to the ground for the entire 65 yards. Even though he broke, he broke three tackles, and there were two others that had opportunities to, to, to bring him down. So uh, he's really key for them because it. Chris Fink has been ineffective since Michael Young was injured because they moved him to the X position, which is not a great matchup for him in the slot. He goes against linebackers and safeties. When you get out to the X and the W, uh, that's that you know, you're going against cornerbacks and those guys are a little bit more adept at one on one pass coverage. So with McKinley, they can move Claypool back to his old X position. And Fink can share that Z spot, not that Fink won't play the X, but he can share that Z spot with Lawrence Keys, the third in the slot. And that's just a better, that's a better place to position him because the matchups are better. So McKinley, in addition to what he brings to the equation, helps the slotting of everybody else.
0: Yeah, I I think Chris Fink is going to benefit as much as anybody, too, getting him back in the slot where he'll get some more favorable matchups. Uh, so really good news with Javon McKinley emerging. Uh, well, that 31-point uh, second-quarter explosion, it concluded with a 38-yard uh, touchdown pass to Chase Claypool. That was another great play. But then the 36-yard field goal as time ran out in the first half by Jonathan Door, his first one of the season. Door. Uh, look solid and Tim the uh, special teams look solid Jay Bramlett as I mentioned was outstanding particularly in the first quarter keeping New Mexico pinned kick returns and coverages have all been solid Tim special teams have quietly excelled through two games for the Irish do you agree
3: I do I, I thought by and large I mean there were there because of all the points there were a lot of special teams against New Mexico and I thought by and large they they played great. Um, you had the, I guess it really wasn't a fake punt. It was a, it was a rugby style punt and the, and the guy um, figured that he couldn't get the punt off past Jonathan Jones. So he ran it for a first down and then door had a kickoff out of bounds, but, um, you know, there were a lot of special teams, uh, Lawrence keys, the 45 yard kickoff to get things going uh, to get, and to get him going. Um, yeah, they were really good. I mean, give Brian Polian a lot of credit. You can talk about New Mexico being New Mexico, but I'm telling you, New Mexico has one of the best special teams units top to bottom on Notre Dame's twenty nineteen schedule. So that was a that was a good performance against a well coached Apollo Wright is the special teams coach for New Mexico. Does a good job at Dame. clearly won the special teams battle.
0: Yeah, I want to join you in those kudos to Brian Polian. Uh this hopefully is gonna end up being his best year. Uh, with special teams on the Irish now good things of course uh, as we said in the passing game and we just talked about good things on special teams but the running game Tim Tony Jones 17 yards on six carries at halftime I'm thinking man the Irish have to get him going now at actually at one point later on in the game you you actually set me straight you said why risk an injury to him okay I get that but Tim something's wrong in the run game what was Brian Kelly's explanation? Are you buying it? And do you think the Irish are holding back stuff for Georgia?
3: I don't. I'm not a big believer in that holding stuff back thing. I mean, you, you, you know, the offensive line's not getting a lot of push. Uh, the running backs are a, a fairly average group of, of running backs. And I, I mean, you don't play the game thinking about injuries. But in a game like Mexico, and because Tony Jones Jr. has had injury issues before i you know and maybe maybe he had something uh, bothering him on Saturday but they, it, it got to the point where and it got to the point pretty quickly in the second quarter where it's not really necessary to run Tony Jones right now you've got you want to see what Kyron Williams can do you want to see what Sebo Flemister can do um, you know and but Tony Jones jr has to have a good season for that and I, I had a very I thought he looked quick against Louisville I didn't think that he looked nearly as quick against New Mexico. So, you know, that the, the entire running back core is going to be a work in progress all year. They're not going to get Jafar Armstrong back at least until they get through half of their regular season games. So it's just not, I mean, I, the, the offensive line hasn't gelled. You don't have running backs that are real explosive to help bail them out. They're in a bit of a bind in the running game and in running back and uh, along the offensive line. They just haven't performed very well up to this point.
0: Yeah, and I'm afraid that uh, against Georgia, that's going to be the sorest of thumbs for the Irish, and it, it may result in in um, Ian Book having to throw the ball a whole lot. Now, Tim, a couple of comments on the speaking of throwing the ball on the second half performances uh, of the backup quarterbacks, Phil Djerkovic and Brandon Clark. They both had some moments.
3: Uh, yeah, they did. I, you know, uh, Chip Wong planned the deep ball. The Braden Lindsay on the first snap for for Soldier and and uh, if there's one thing Phil Kovac can do, he can throw the deep ball. It was right on target. Lindsay aggressively went up and got it, so that was good. He was he was uh, nursing a left thigh contusion, so they didn't keep him in very long. But I thought that he got enough to get his feet wet and play comfortably. He had a He had a brilliant 23 yard run down to the one yard line. And then they gave Clark some opportunities. So he'll get, he'll get more opportunities, but I thought it was a breakthrough for, for Djokovic that, you know, just go in there and do something positive. And Clark is a, you know, Clark's an aggressive, confident kid. Uh, another guy that, you know, Chip long really likes, uh, he broke a finger at some point during training camp and never said anything about it until it became obvious. he wasn't throwing it quite right. And, uh, long spoke to him about it, but You know, I I really think that that backup spot is really—Jerkovic has the edge, but I wouldn't say that he has absolutely won the number 2 job.
0: Well, some play is coming on at that position, and that was a big concern, so I I feel a little bit better after last Saturday. Okay, the 66 points, the most for the Irish since 1977. That was fun— but maybe even more promising, the defense seems, in my view, to be getting into a bit of a rhythm, and that starts with the play of Asmar Bilal and Drew White at the two inside backer positions. Tim Bilal was especially impressive. Talk about him.
3: He was really good, and if he can, if he can put back-to-back performances together, uh, duplicating what he did last week, well, then now you can feel pretty good about having something at the at the uh, at the buck linebacker position. But going to be a lot more difficult with that offensive line from Georgia this week but that was I mean that was really important it, it was the best game Bilal has played in a Notre Dame uniform he's a fifth year senior it's taken a while for him he's bounced around a couple positions but you, when you look at keys to Notre Dame's entire season it starts at at, uh, at those two inside linebacker spots Drew White played pretty well at Mike linebacker but they need Asmar Bilal to play like a fifth-year senior, and he did last week against New Mexico.
0: Indeed, and he's going to have to show up this week as well. Okay, Tim. Uh, of course, Georgia is in our sights. So let's uh, let's talk. Let's go here. Name the one thing that came out of the New Mexico game that concerns you most about Notre Dame's chances, and one thing that came out of that game that gives you hope for Notre Dame's chances.
3: Well, we, we already mentioned the big plays, and they're going to need big plays to beat Georgia at Georgia. There's You're not going to grind out a victory against Georgia and Sanford Stadium. So that's that's the real positive. The negative is, I mean, they just didn't run the football consistently well, and they're still giving up too many yards on the ground. And, and Georgia Georgia will absolutely bludgeon you with a running game. If you can't stop it, they'll keep running it. And whereas Notre Dame's still trying to find a lead running back, Georgia has five of them, uh, led by DeAndre Swift. They've got some speed back there. They got a power back in Harry And So, got to win. You got to be able to win the battle between the tackles, and that's the greatest concern right now.
0: Yeah, those run fits are going to be real important for the Irish, particularly those linebackers. Tim, one quick hit. Special preparations for a warm day and a hostile atmosphere this week. Tim, how might the new indoor practice facility that the Irish uh, occupied for the first time this year help the Irish in that regard?
3: Well, that, the the media that was in attendance for Brian Kelly's uh, press conference slash uh, Brian Kelly show last Thursday can can attest to the fact that, that that place can be a real a real steam bath, a new facility. So uh, they'll have plenty of, plenty of, and it's it, you know it's warm in South Bend all week. So I mean, have plenty of opportunities for them uh to to get as accustomed as they can to what awaits them in Georgia. It was it was in the in the mid nineties, uh during the middle of the week. So um yeah, they've got to be prepared for that. You've got to you've got to be uh you've gotta be hydrating all week. You can't wait till the weekend to do that. You have to hydrate all week. So they'll have plenty of uh, plenty of opportunities to do that.
0: Well and hopefully that new practice facility with its ability to control that temperature and get it up high and uh, all the noise pumped in. Of course, there's nothing new about that, but uh, let's hope that new practice facility pays some dividends. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by our friends at Haynes, Eisenberger and Skiba. This is the 328th edition of Fighting Irish Preview.
1: Shine a light into my room Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom If it shine a little light into my room All I want is some sunshine, sunshine Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy your choice
2: Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we are proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12 month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456 1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your Clear Choice.
1: Your Clear Choice is Bushies. Your Clear Choice is Bushies.
0: The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba. Notre Dame and Georgia have played just twice in their history. In 1981, Georgia defeated the Irish in the Sugar Bowl, 17-10, and clinched the national title. Georgia won the other matchup by one point in 2017 and went on to play in the national title game before losing to Alabama in overtime. Haynes Eisenbarger and Skiba is a full-service accounting firm dedicated to providing professional, personalized service and guidance for a wide range of financial and business needs. Hey, I'm Kirk Herbstreet, and I watch college football like it's my job. It is your job. I know, but sometimes I like to get out of the booth and chill. Here, have a Coors Light. Thanks.
2: So, where was I? You're on my couch. In my spot. Oh, is this your spot? It's a nice spot. Great view. Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
0: Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The number seven Irish are at number three Georgia. TV coverage on CBS starts at 8 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all time Irish hero brought to you by the Marina Lake Gauge, Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And now we continue our series on the great defensive players of the last 60 years. Last week, the great Mike McCoy. This week, defensive end Walt Batalski. Patulski, a native of upstate New York, played fullback in high school and scored a total of 140 points his senior season 1967. And at 6'5", 235 pounds as a high schooler, the colleges came calling. Patulski received over 60 scholarship offers, but having fallen in love with many of the Notre Dame traditions, he headed to South Bend. After two weeks of practice, Ara Parsegian converted him to defensive end where he started every game during his three years of varsity eligibility. An All American each of those three seasons, he was a consensus All American his senior year. That year, as a team captain, he was a leader on one of the top ranked defenses in the nation that gave up just 8.6 points per game. The Buffalo Bills drafted him number one overall in 1972, and he went on to an eight year NFL career. Tim Patolsky played alongside some other great defensive players including defensive tackle Mike Kadish and corner Clarence Ellis both who were also first round NFL picks. And the thing I always remember about Patolsky as a kid watching him was how tall he looked on the football field compared to the other players around him. At 6 foot 6 for his time he was enormous.
3: That was really unusual when you're talking about almost 50 years ago a 6 foot 6 defensive end came from that era that the great Joe Yanto, Notre Dame's defensive line coach, he was churning out great defensive lineman, Walt Patalski, uh several of the other ones that you mentioned. Uh, Alan Page was somebody that we we, we talked about as an all-time Irish great hero a couple weeks ago. Um, Joe Yanto knew how to develop, and Walt Potolsky was a
0: great one. Yeah, Yanto, just a great coach and a great human being at all. Someday we'll have to talk about him in this segment. Uh, in all five defenders, Off the 71 team were drafted in the first three rounds that gave up uh, only 8.6 points per game. That defense was phenomenal. And at Notre Dame, Potolsky totaled 186 tackles, including 40 for loss, broke up 10 passes, and recovered five fumbles. Walt Potolsky, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage, key to an Irish victory. Tim, Georgia is 3-0. They own a convincing wins over Vanderbilt, Murray State, and Arkansas State. A year ago, they were 11-3, and at the end of the regular season, when they were 10-2, some of the Bulldogs took to Twitter and claimed that they deserved to go to the playoffs over a 12-0 Notre Dame. Notre Dame fans know their quarterback, Jake Fromm, took over as a freshman in 2017 to start that Notre Dame game and led the Bulldogs that day to a 2019 win. Since that date, Fromm has developed into one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. He's a career 66% passer, has thrown 59 touchdown passes and only 13 interceptions. Mr. Fromm, the NFL awaits. Fromm is complimented by running back DeAndre Swift, who is averaging 9.4 yards per carry this season and a group of talented backups. His top two receivers catch-wise this season are both freshmen, George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock. But Fromm will spread the ball around. Eight receivers have caught three or more balls through the first three games. Defensively, the Bulldogs boast depth along the defensive line, and they just may be more ferocious than usual. Last season, they had totaled 24 sacks for the year. This season, they already have 12. Senior safety J.R. Reed is a key player on a team that so far this season is third in the nation in scoring defense. Tim, Kirby Smart has done an excellent job since taking over at his alma mater in 2016. In the last two years, Smart has won 24 games, and he now has the Bulldogs riding a 15-game home win streak. So that home field advantage is real. I would not expect a real warm welcome for the Irish in Sanford Stadium. In fact... I heard this week that Georgia expects to host as many people during the game outside the stadium in the parking lots as the 92,746 that will be inside the stadium. Tim, that place is going to be nuts. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory?
3: It goes without saying that Notre Dame has to run the football and stop the run. There, there's there's just absolutely no doubt about that. Against a team like Georgia, if, if you don't if you don't hold your own in those two areas, you stand no chance. But So what I would like to say is that Notre Dame needs to make Jake Fromm beat them. Now, he's perfectly capable of doing that. He lost his top five receivers, uh, and you mentioned the young receivers that have done very well. But in order for Notre Dame to have a chance, the other thing is that Notre Dame needs to continue and and hit a couple big plays like they did last week. It would be much harder to do that. But I would say make, make Jake Fromm beat you through the air. He may do that, but you got a better chance if you do it that way, as opposed to um, you know letting them get their inroads in the run game.
0: Okay, make Jake Fromm beat you through the air. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish?
3: Well, I'm gonna let's go back to Asmar Bilal. I mean, I I think they've got to have a guy in the middle of that defense that's that's making plays. I think. Myron Tagovailoa, Mosa, and, and Jason Admiola have done very well at defensive tackle. So they're going to have to to run some interference there. But uh, Asmar, Bilal, and Drew White, I mean, those two inside linebackers have to, to play as well as they're capable of playing.
0: Bilal and Drew White, I'll, I'll second that motion. Those are your Aspen Mortgage key players this week aspen mortgage for all your mortgage needs call 486 loan and it's now time for the injury report brought to you by indiana physical therapy your choice for physical therapy now with 19 indiana locations tim how do the irish stand health wise heading into game three
3: they expect to get cole comet back cole comet definitely will play i don't know if he'll start but he will play they've been pointing to this time and he's a pretty quick healer it's been six weeks since he suffered. The broken collarbone. They need Jameer Smith back at running back. He didn't play against Mexico with a sprained toe. I'm not exactly sure uh, where he is in terms of uh, being ready to play, but he's going to be significant. Michael Young is still a few weeks away, uh, or at least a couple weeks away. But you know, with Komet back, that gives you another weapon with your offense. And we talk about big plays and the importance of that. Uh, that gives them a better chance with a. Uh, with a tight end that can beat you up the scene
0: yeah and it's great to, to be talking about getting a guy back cole commit can be a difference maker thanks tim and that is the indiana physical therapy injury report it's now time for the world famous irish illustrated prediction brought to you by irish com. tim priester vegas has the bulldogs favored by 14 points over the irish what does america's foremost authority say
3: Georgia's won fifteen in a row at home. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that they've played a team as good as Notre Dame during that fifteen-game winning streak, uh, but that place is going to be a zoo. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's a, a place that I've really looked forward to to going just to, for the, the the atmosphere that's going to be in Sanford Stadium. So it's going to be difficult. Notre Dame has to play its best game. I know people have compared this to. Oklahoma of 2012, I think. I think the task at hand here is greater. Um, number one, because that was a that was a great 2012 team was a great Notre Dame team. This is a very good Notre Dame team. I wouldn't put it in the same classification. So, I think it's going to be just very difficult for Notre Dame to run the ball and stop the run. And when you're playing Georgia on the road, uh, that usually leads to a defeat. I'm going to say Georgia 33, Notre Dame 16.
0: Georgia 33, Notre Dame 16. That is Tim Preacher's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Tim, first of all, longtime listeners know that I don't pick against the Irish, Uh, so this week we're going to refer to the following as the judge's wish, which I've done that in the past as well. Uh, The the Irish have made progress last week in some areas, and I, I haven't seen elite play yet out of this offensive line. Let's hope that starts this week and the defense while improved is still missing too many run fits that's going to be big in this game if they don't miss those run fits that would be a huge help that said I think the Notre Dame pass defense and the pass rush is capable of slowing down Jake Fromm and they're capable of making a big play or two so we're we're talking about maybe a turnover or two the Irish need to win that battle And offensively, I don't know, maybe there has been some sandbagging in the running game uh, by Chip Long. Undoubtedly, he'll he'll have some new wrinkles. So if the Irish can get something out of the run, and Ian Book plays his best, and that may mean throwing the ball 40 to 50 times, the Irish are going to hang on to win a nail-biter. Notre Dame 31, Georgia 30. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzburg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.
1: Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.